Welcome everybody to Who's Your Band? I am Jeffrey Paul. I am joined by Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? Was I, was I dozing for a second that you had to scream the intro? Yeah, you know what? I just had a cup of coffee. I'm I'm pumped. I'm psyched. Are you? Are you really, really. ready to go? Not really. Not really, Sean. You know, it's it's been kind of like a it's been kind of like a depressing day because uh the Jets lost in horrific jet fashion. Well, that's nothing you haven't been used to for your entire life. I know, but you just, you know, you just buy into it and they, they just find, you know, they find new ways like the Mets. They find yes. new ways to just like, you know, just, just when you think they're out, they pull you back in. You know what it is? It's like, it's like being the child of an abusive father. It's like the father beats the shit out of you. And then like, you know, he goes away for a little while and then he comes back and, you know, he buys you a puppy and then he takes you to the park and then he takes you shopping and toy shopping. You're like, oh, my God, daddy's so much nicer. He's so much better. And then he fucking breaks your teeth open with one <laughs> that, punch. Well, that's that's pretty much the Jets. Yeah. But we are here today to talk about our year end, the yes. year end uh, edition of this show. This is like, I think, our third one, Sean. Uh, second, second, we started in January of 2021. Yeah. So, I mean, um, this is kind of becoming like an annual thing for us. And so before we get started with that, just quick concert review. Um, this past week I went to go see Darlene Love at the St. George theater. Um, Beautiful theater. Beautiful theater. And she does like an annual Christmas run. You know, Mm -hmm. she'll, she'll start the shows in November and go through, uh december and this was the first time i got to see her on doing a christmas show where she does uh, um christmas baby please come home and uh marshmallow world and uh no one ought to be alone on christmas and the thing is she's 81 years old oh shit she looks great she mm. sounds amazing she hits the notes she she holds the notes she has energy i'm telling you man she is it, it's it's insane. Like I had to double check and see, you know, look it up to see that if she wasn't lying. But I mean, it's amazing how how good and how good the band was and how good she was in the songs. I mean, it's really a, a cool thing. A very very tight show. Ninety minutes. You know, starts at eight oh three. It's over by nine thirty three. In out does all the hits. Does a little uh, banter with the audience. Um, you can't ask for any, any more than that. What a great singer though, John. Yeah, she's amazing. I love a good Christmas show once in a while. I went to the Mariah one about like five years ago, and I didn't go this year, but I saw Martina McBride's Christmas show, who's a country singer, very talented, and it was good. It was very, very good. It's festive, you know. It's kind of like one of those concerts you take the whole family to. You're not gonna take your you're not gonna take your whole family to go see like you know Lamb of God and Slayer, but you'll take them to like a Christmas show, unless you're the and you're ready for it. Here it comes. Yeah, unless you're the Manson family. So this is our year-end episode, and uh, Jeffrey has some lights hanging around his neck for the people who are only listening to the show when this is released, not watching the video. Acknowledge that joke. No, no, I, no, I wouldn't. See, what I was going to say was I was hoping that he had some kind of hook hanging from his uh, ceiling where he can drape that necklace around it and just do us all a favor. Yes, I'm festive. You're, you're festive, okay? I'm festive. I want or, to be- or autistic, one of the two. <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> so <laughs> they didn't have a, didn't have a spectrum in the '30s when you were growing up, right? 
So let's get into this a little bit. And there there are three categories I'd like to discuss with you. Shoot. And okay. So we we are doing this because we usually film or tape these shows on a Sunday. And for the next couple of weeks, we have Christmas next week, New Year's the following week. So yes. we'll be off for the next uh, two weeks doing these shows. And then we'll be back in 2023 with a whole bunch of new shows. So this is our year end show. We're going to wrap things up. And we've done this in the past before, and we're going to do it now. Um, let's talk about what we considered our, it's, it, just our personal taste, our top uh, albums of 2022. Okay. And let me just start, start by saying, um, you may have a different opinion than, than me, and I was hoping Adam would come on because he also, I think, would have a different opinion than I do. But I didn't think this was a particularly strong year uh for for new music correct i think last year was better only because i think people were coming out of covid and a lot of people were just home for five six months and they were writing and just writing 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 yeah i think 2021 for me was a better year for music there was a couple great standout ones for me this year but um i always put a post up on facebook towards the end of december and i put like my top albums of the year i looked at it in 2021 i had 14 albums and How many do you have this year? Five. Okay, so, <laughs> was... yeah, so, so you know, we are pretty much in agreement. I'm, I'm yeah. Because I only put four. Okay. So and I guarantee we don't have one the same. I'm I'm positive. I know one you're going to hate of mine. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Okay, so what would you pick as as your top five? So my top... <laughs> or, 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 or the top album for you. Yeah, so number five, I put, uh, <laughs> I put Nickelback's Get Rollin'. Uh, I've heard good things about that. So yeah, it, a lot of people shit on them, and it's just it's just the cool thing to do. So here's what you got to remember: no, number one, Nickelback is a, a formulaic rock band. They know how to write a hit, and when you're a rock band, it's really kind of hard to write a great hit. Pop songs, yo, you're always going to have pop writers, and you know, sitting in a room with 15 people. But bands, you got to be a good, good band to really get a really monster hit. This is the Number four selling rock band of all time behind the Stones, the Beatles, Guns N' Roses, and then there's Nickelback. So they're doing something right. They they're are doing, doing something, something right. right. I you mean, know? I think I think if people heard their catalog, they have more songs than you think that you're familiar with. <laughs> they have they can do a, a, an hour and a half set two nights in a row and not play the same song, and you'll have hit after hit after hit. Uh, so I went with Get Rolling. I wound up getting uh, able to get tickets for their record release party, which was great. They uh, the the album top to bottom is a, is a great rock record, and they they started off with that single uh, San Quentin, which was very heavy for them. It's a heavier song for them, and kind of busted it open a little bit. They have easily five or six singles on this record. Yeah, and, I like. I like Nickelback as well. And I, I do, I, man. I, I don't, think, I'm not ashamed to say it. I really I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say it. I think you know I'll defend them because I think it's unwarranted. I think it's hack to to just it you is. Know, just to just you know it's a, like you said it's a simple it's a simple thing you know oh Nickelback sucks with to make a Nickelback joke they don't suck they're they're they don't at all and here's the thing go to a Nickelback show you know what's gonna happen you gotta have six women to every dude so I'd rather go to that show and look around and you know like okay wow there's some pretty hot chicks at the show. What am I going to do? Go to a dream theater show where there's two chicks in the whole fucking crowd and it's all dudes. I would would go to a dream theater. I've been to a dream theater show. That's why I'm saying it. There was two (laughs) chicks at the whole show. It's not fun. 
It's not, I do too. It's just not a fun show to watch, you know? But yeah, that was number five for me. Um, okay, I only have four on my list, and okay. I, you may not like this one, but okay. uh, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm gonna go in order, by the way. Um, for my, I only, my number four pick was Def Leppard's Diamond Star, uh, and Halos. I didn't hear the album, to be honest, so I can't shit on it, but I loved the. Uh, he just he just froze. Um, okay, I'll talk until he's he uh, unfreezes until he, until he figures out. Look, look at his dumb face on there, by the way, folks. Um, so again, with this album, um, oh, it's written in the style of Def Up. You froze for a second, Sean. Yeah, I, I stopped talking. I figured you were talking. So yeah, I was going to say said, uh, this album is written in the style of Def Leppard. You know, um, it doesn't have any of the mega hits that say uh, Hysteria or Pyromania had, but it has a lot of catchy songs, and some of the better songs on this past tour uh, were songs from the new album. So I thought this, you know, for 2002, this was an album that you know I didn't hate. I kind of enjoyed. Okay, um, I'm a country fan. Uh, I know you're not, I so I tried. That. I, that. I know, I know that's probably your least favorite out of like the main genres, right? Well, give me my choices. So rap, hip hop country i'll put country ahead of all of them okay good so one of my favorite bands is a band called little big town i don't know if you ever heard of them yeah what, what am I, a... my first time doing music of course okay well i don't know because a lot of people <laughs> if you don't know country all they know is like you know Inky breaky heart by billy ray Cyrus. now there's a lot oh, more excuse me is, is it 1995 already you know yeah Inky because people guitar. still these people still act like that you know mm. uh their album uh is called mr sun and it's a great record. I love I love this band. I've never seen them. It, they're a band that I, I'm dying to see. They're two chicks, two dudes. Their harmonies are amazing. They're absolutely amazing. And this one is, has, has a lot of uh, good old-fashioned country, but it has a lot of crossover pop country on it, too, which is making them really, really big. But this, uh, for me, it's a good, good, solid record top to bottom. I don't, when I know it's a good record for me is when I just start a track one. And I don't like just put number seven on or number 12. I start from the top and I just let it play through. So that's when I know it's a really good record for me. That was, that was one of them. That came out earlier in the year. I think that this band has won multiple Grammys as well. Huge. They're a big, big band. Yeah. yeah I, I, I'm I'm not going to pretend to like be huge in country music, but mm -hmm. but there is a country I like. And I've heard this band. Yeah. And they, they're okay to me. Um, okay. okay. So my next choice uh, for top albums of 2022 I like the Aussies patient number nine. Um, I know, I know you don't like it, but the song with Beck and I owe me on it, you know, and considering what else came out this year, I felt I had to include this on my list. Okay. And it's heavy. It's a heavy record. It's just, he should not be recording anymore. He should, he should just be retired at this point. He really needs to. I mean, I don't know what he's trying to prove at this point. He has money. Just stop. You have Parkinson's on top of all of it. Please just go off into the distance. I think it's it's just that it's Ozzy and it's just hard to let go. And yeah, I mean, is is this up there with you know uh, I don't know Blizzard of Oz or Shot in the Dark? You know, you know any of the classic stuff. No, it's not. It's not Diary of a Madman, but it's still Ozzy and it's still better than a lot of the stuff that came out this year. You know, I wrote a joke today, but it wasn't a joke. It was an actual. Uh, it's a true story. I took my dog uh, to the dog park. And her, my dog's name is Sabbath. I named it after Black Sabbath. And she was all alone in the dog park until about two minutes before we were ready to leave. And this guy brings in his big poodle. 
And the poodle comes up, starts smelling my dog, and we introduce each other. And he's like, what's your dog's name? I go, my dog's name is Sabbath. He goes, wow, that's hysterical. My dog's name is Ozzy. Ah. And I said, all right, that's pretty cool. I said, wow, what if a little Italian greyhound walked in and called Dio? I'm going to go buy a fucking lottery ticket. Yeah, and what if someone came in with a dog named Tony Martin? So my number three um, <laughs> record. <laughs> Casting Sean's patience today. <laughs> He froze again. Stupid face. Look, look at his face, folks. It's so dumb. Okay, so he doesn't like patient number nine, but let me talk, talk a little bit about that until he unfreezes. Okay, patient number nine is it could be the last of uh, the album that'll come out. Okay, you're done. You 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 froze again. Okay. Okay, um, I'm just saying. This, my... Patient number nine could be the last. It doesn't want to finish my thought. This could be the last Ozzy album that comes out. So, folks, if you get a chance, take a listen to it. Go ahead, Sean. Uh, don't buy that record. Number one. Number two. Uh, one of my favorite bands. Okay, this is my number three. Uh, it's a great band that I love. They're called Dropkick Murphys. Okay, now yeah, I know you listen to them. You like them. They're, dun, they're a good band. Worst song they ever did. Worst song. It's in every fucking movie. I hate it. It's my <laughs> least favorite Dropkick song. Okay, so this album is called "This Machine Still Kills Fascists." Now, here's the reason why I love this record. So now, if you've listened to The Departed, you've heard how Dropkick sounds. They're an Irish band. Okay, and they have the 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 banjo players and and everything like that. This is a different record. It's acoustic number one. And they are big fans of Woody Guthrie. Okay. They're big fans of Woody Guthrie. They became friends with Woody Guthrie's daughter through his estate and everything. And she was a big fan of them. She handed them a book and said, this is all my father's lyrics that were never used. There's tons of songs in here, but he never recorded anything, never wrote any music. These are all just lyrics of his. We want you to take this book and see what you can do with it. So Why they did took, she pick them? I, she's fan. She's a fan of them. She's a big fan. They're a big. They're big Woody Guthrie fans. So she handed them a whole book of his, of her father's lyrics, and they wrote all the music behind it, and it became a dropkick record, which I think was one of the coolest things that I've heard. I mean, I love telling stories about like these little weird things with music. So what's the album called? This machine still kills fascists. Okay, and is it built as a dropkick album, or is it dropkick and Woody Guthrie? Album? Dropkick and Woody Guthrie. Yeah, oh, so interesting. It's, it, it's dropkick, but they they freely say the lyrics are all by Woody Guthrie. This is our interpretation of how his lyrics would have sounded if we did the music for it. And they were big Woody Guthrie fans. Yeah, yeah, big Woody Guthrie fans, and it's a, it's a solid, solid record. Again, none one of those records. It's only a half an hour long, too. It's like ten songs, half an hour long. I'll put I play it at least twice, three times a week. Okay, cool. Dig it. I really I, dig it. You dig it. All right. Um, for me, I, I thought this is was a heavy album from this band. Um, Alter Bridge, Pawns and Kings. Mm. Um, ah, uh, he froze again. All right. Um, yeah, for me, I thought this was uh, a real heavy album. I, I I love this band. And if you're not familiar who uh Alter Bridge is, these are the guys from Creed and Miles Kennedy. Um great great band they're heavy um but i thought this was particularly like a little heavier than than uh, past alter bridge albums so i really i really do kind of enjoy this and this this was this was a nice surprise for me in uh, 2022 yeah and you've never seen them live correct i've never seen them live 
you are going to be happily surprised seeing them live. They are they're a really really tight band. Again, if you know who Walter Bridge is, it is Miles Kennedy singing, but it's Creed as their background as the band. I, I just, it's just, I just Creed with that a, to this audience. Yeah, you know, it's just Creed with a different fucking band with a different singer. But Miles changes everything, and I liken it to kind of like when Audio Slave was out. It's Rage Against the Machine, but it's Chris Cornell singing, and it's the same band, but the new singer completely changes the sound of that band. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, for those of you not familiar with uh, uh, Miles Kennedy, he's also the singer in the uh, Slash's band, The Conspirators. Correct. And did you know that Miles is actually Slash's guitar teacher? Yeah, he's a great guitarist. Amazing he, he guitar. Could, he could be a lead guitarist in any band he he would be in. Absolutely, except absolutely. for that band. Right, because Mark Tremonti's a monster. And if you don't know, Mark Tremonti's also a great singer as well. Yes, he, uh, he puts out a solo album once every year or two, but he also just did an album of all Frank Sinatra songs. And it, and it's a noted. It's as weird as um, and and, and it's funny that because we're in the season, but um, Scott Weiland does made a Christmas album and he put out a video for Winter Wonderland and he looks different in it. Uh, the, the album, you would never, never think it was Scott Weiland, but it's like, it, it, it kind of sounds like Harry Connick Jr. Uh, meets Michael Bublé. Okay. Bublé? Yes. Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé. Um, that's what it sounds like to me. Um, okay. So get, get you have another one coming up. And he freezes. Look, look, look at the face, folks. Look, look at his face. He's in mid stupid thought in that face. You just want you know what you just want to go over to him and just start pinching his legs. That's what you feel like doing. Okay, mm-hmm. so you froze again. Stupid. Yeah, I, 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 my internet connection is horrible in here. And is I have it? To is it horrible? Only froze three yeah. times during this show. Yeah, and we're five I understand. I understand. Um, I I bought a house with uh, cement walls, and I don't get connection. So, um, all right. So my you number know, one and two is called a router. Yeah, I have a router. It's upstairs. This is why I can't get fucking reception. Mm. Um, okay. So my top album is a tie. I could not pick, and it's from two totally diff- two totally different styles of music. Uh, the first is Lamb of God Omens. I've always been a Lamb of God fan uh, for the last 20 years or so. They're, they're just, I always feel, and I've said this before, there's a progression in heavy metal where you start with Sabbath and then you go to Iron Maiden and Priest. Then you take over Metallica and then it went to Pantera. And then for a long time, there was nobody after Pantera to hold, it, to hold the fucking baton. Lamb of God is the next band that does that for heavy metal. This band is this album is fucking brutal from the first song to the last. It's it's some of the best lyrics he ever wrote, the best singing Randy Blythe has ever done. The Mark Morton, their guitar player, is on fucking fire on this episode on, on this album. Uh that's one of my number ones. And the other one, uh he freezes. He freezes like right on cue. We, he got us all all built up to this point. And stupid Sean freezes again. But he's a no. You you just froze. You you told okay. us who you tied with. Who you tied with? Oh, Luke Combs doing this. So Luke Combs is a country guy that I love. I, I went I went to see him at Mohegan Sun. It was a great concert. This album again, top to bottom. He's a hit machine. This kid. Um, if you look at his story, you know he had four songs he he handed to. 
uh, his A&R person at the label when he first came out and they said, these are horrible songs. These are not going to hit at all four songs went to number one for multiple weeks at a time. Uh, he's a machine. He's probably the biggest country guy in the world right now. I mean, people always say like Garth Brooks was like gigantic in the nineties. He's like yeah, one, one step below it. Uh, just sold out Lincoln financial field in Philadelphia in an hour and a half. That's 75,000 wow. tickets. He sold yeah. out in an hour yeah. and a half, which he's in a, he's absolutely amazing. And he's very humble. He's down to earth, but he writes a great country song. He's that perfect mix of like pop country and old school country. Nice. Nice. All right. So for me, my my top album of 2022 was a band I saw right at the beginning of uh, 2022. And this album was just about to come out. Uh, it's called Back from the Dead. And it's by Hailstorm. Good um, album. I am a huge Hailstorm fan. Uh, I love her voice. I love the band. Um, this is a band that I could see in 2023 taking the next step. I mean, we saw it at the uh in the middle of this year where they were supporting Evanescence at mm-hmm. the start of the year and then they went out and they headlined by the summertime. And I think yeah. a lot of it is on support of this album. Uh, it's a good record and they just actually Friday a couple of days ago they just put out the deluxe version with eight extra songs on it too. Yeah, so you know and, and anyone who knows Hailstorm you know, her voice is insane. You know, when they do covers, they're they're better than the originals. So it's a band that I really, really love. Um, so those are our top uh again, in no particular order really though. It was our, our top albums of uh 2022, or it wasn't in order, but you know, that's what we picked. Um, all right, so let's change uh topics here and let's talk about the uh, top tours of 2022. Top, you know, and when I say top tours, we're gonna we're talking top grossing. Okay, and what I mean by top grossing is money being brought in. A um, couple of interesting things. Um, this is the first year since 2019 where the, you know, the touring year went relatively uninterrupted. This was mm-hmm. as back to normal as we've been. So if we're going to compare the last non-interrupted year, which was 2019, touring is up 13%. And this is all according to Forbes. Okay. okay. Um, overall, the industry brought in uh, two point eight billion dollars in uh, in to- in just tour uh, sales. Okay. Um, twenty twenty three, they're expecting Taylor Swift to almost bring in a billion just on her own. That's- she she broke Ticketmaster. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be uh, monster. Um, the most ac- according to StubHub. The most in-demand ticket was Elton John, but okay. it was not the top uh, uh, grossing tour of 2022. So can I so, guess? Can I guess? Well, Sean, would you like me to go from number ten to number one, or would you like to go number one down? I want to guess. Right, one. See if you can guess. See if you can guess the top ten. All right, I'm gonna say that the biggest tour, and I'm only saying this because I've seen videos of it, and I'm not a fan. But I don't hate the person. Is Bad Bunny? Uh, that would be one hundred percent right. Now, for those of you who don't know Bad Bunny, he's a Latin artist. My son uh, went to go see him in September. He drove down from Hartford to go see this artist, and he played Yankee Stadium. I just want to make a comparison here. So you have Bad Bunny number one at seven point three uh, three hundred seventy three point five million dollars. Number wow. two was Elton John at three thirty four point uh, four million dollars. Now here's the difference, though. 
It's how many shows does Bad Bunny have to play to earn that money compared to Elton John? You know, Bad Bunny could be playing 60 shows while Elton John could be playing 12 shows. And I don't, be, it, okay, and I still don't think so. There. I don't think so. They're both playing stadiums at this point. They are. So Bad, I, I think they're probably, I, I would say that Elton's playing more shows than Bad Bunny is. I don't know about that. Yeah, I, mean, I do. I, I really uh, think again, so. According to StubHub, it, the most in-demand ticket was Elton John's uh, you know, farewell Yellow Brook Road Tour. I sold my tickets for Elton John stuff, Hub. There you go. Um, so go ahead. Now try and see if you can round out the top 10. I can't say it's how it's going to be like in, in order. You don't, have to, you don't have to give me an order. Um, <laughs> all right. So you got Bad Bunny. I'm going to say that Motley Crue Def Leppard tour was was probably on that list too. It was. It came in at number eight at one okay. uh, 173.5 million. Wow. Okay. Stadium tour. Um, again, they, they played what? Uh, maybe three shows a week. I don't even think it's that much. Probably two. Right. Probably two. Okay. So again, to be on that list, that's pretty good. They played 60 shows in total. That's what it was. Okay. Over the summer, they played 60 shows in total uh, with with each band flip-flopping. I'm going to say uh, Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish was not in the, even the top 20. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, one of my favorites, and I get a lot of shit for saying this too. I'm going to go with Harry Styles. Harry Styles number four at okay. $214.4 million. Well, you know, he's a monster. I mean, how many consecutive nights did he play at Madison 15, Square Garden? 15, 15 nights at the I Garden. Mean, it's almost unprecedented. You right. know, so I I've mean, always, I don't, uh, I've I always don't, said that he is this generation's David Bowie. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I don't know. Well, I don't even mean musically. I mean, like how his music is kind of transcended to different genres and how he's very in the pop culture eye, like Bowie was with being kind of androgynous and, and things of that nature. The kid is super, super talented. Really yeah, I, talented. Yeah, I'm not I'm not denying it. I'm not I am far from a fan. Mm-hmm. I tried to listen to him a little bit. I, I you know it's it's not for me, but I know I again I'm not the target audience, but I know people who love this guy. So okay. yeah, but okay, so you got Bed Bunny, we got at number one. We got Elton John at number two. We got Harry Styles at number four and Def Leppard Motley Crue the stadium tour at number eight. So we still got right. six more to go. So I'm I'm thinking about like when I get emails for tickets, you know what I mean? So I'm trying to think of like, r- like really think back to all the shows I was trying to get. I would say Adele. Adele was doing that residency in Vegas. Yeah. But not, but again, this is based on, on gross ticket sales. Okay. So, so she didn't make the list. She did not make the list. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> who else had that big tour? Coldplay, excellent number Coldplay. five, and again, this is the this is the uh, the fifth, and only five bands hit over two hundred million dollars. Coldplay is one of those bands that coming in at two hundred eight million. Yeah, they are a huge, huge stadium act now. Yeah, I never, I never would have thought that. Never would have thought it when I first saw them coming out. Me, me neither. But you know what I always say? It's kind of like Dave Matthews Band. I look at them as lawyer music. You know, it's what, you know when you <laughs> when you dress up on Casual Friday and you wear dude rock. You're right, you know, we have Hawaiian shirt and khakis. You know, that's usually what's playing in the background. Yeah, I always say it's the guys who wear the flip flops, and they're gonna. And anybody goes, "Hey, anybody got a bottle opener?" And they take their flip flop off on the bottom. They're like, "Yeah, man, right here." <laughs> that's the kind of people that listen to those fucking. That's shitty exactly acts. it. Uh, okay, so, so we're about halfway done with the list now. All right, so then I'm gonna go another stadium act uh, that I haven't seen, but I think I might. Kenny Chesney. 
Excellent. See, I didn't think you were going to get that one. He comes in at number nine at a 135. Uh, Kenny's Kenny's a yeah. monster act, man. But he's kind of taking, like you're talking about the Hawaiian shirt thing. He's the next Jimmy Buffett. He was a monster country guy for a long time. And then like he had a couple like poppy hits and then he kind of changed his sound a little bit. So he's kind of like that uh, chilling on the beach kind of vibe thing now. But he's he's huge. And I follow him on Instagram and, and Facebook and stuff. And like when you see him playing stadiums and he every day he takes a picture at the stadium with the football team, uh, the helmet of the football team that he's playing at the stadium for. So it's like when you look at it in like that perspective, like he only fucking plays stadiums. Well, this, it sounds like it's a good time. Again, I've never went to go see a Ke- Kenny Chesney concert. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to, to actually go and see Kenny Chesney. I kind of like that good time uh, music. Uh, I like anything that's live. I like anything that's weird. It's real music, not with tracks. So I enjoy that. Okay, so we're we're we're, we're rounding up this list. Um, you're missing a big one, and you're. I know you're a big. I know fan. what it is. I know what it is. I know what it is. I, I know. I'm not a fan. I like you the stuff. But I'm, uh, you're, you're a Genesis. Genesis. No, they're up. There. No, no. They they. They they did do good business. They're top twenty this year, but they're not top ten grossing. Hmm. Okay, who was it? Ed Sheeran at number three. At you know, I didn't get there yet. Big big money, man. Two two hundred forty six million point three. That is huge. I got. I have tickets to see him in June of next year. I saw him at the Barclays Center about five years ago. Now, if you know Ed Sheeran, you know that he is an acoustic act and he plays everything on a loop machine. So you've been to the Barclays Center. I know you're a Brooklyn Nets fan and you've been to concerts there. Mm-hmm. So I saw him and just him on a stage with a guitar and a loop pedal machine. And within 10 seconds, he had every. And there he goes again. This is like either five or six. But I think he's told the story on the on this podcast before. But yeah, so so far in our top uh, ten, top ten grossing tours of two, of two thousand twenty two. I don't know why I'm stuttering here. Is Bad Bunny, Elton John, Ed Sheeran, uh, Harry Styles, Coldplay. Okay, we had we had have not identified number six. We have not identified number seven. Number eight, Def Leppard, Motley Crue. Number nine, Kenny Chesney, and we have not identified. Uh, number 10. Sean, you froze again. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go. Let me think here, Jack. All right. I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't like this band. I know they're popular. I'm going to go with BTS. No. I don't know if they toured enough in, in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. No, let me just let me just give it to you. Okay. Let me let me fill out the list. Shoot, here. Let's hear it right. Let's hear okay. it right. So number one, we had Bad Bunny. Number two, Elton John. Ed Sheeran, three. Harry Styles, four. Coldplay, five. Here's a band that plays twice a week, the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Pretty they much. Play, they play. They, they'll do a midweek show and they'll do one weekend show and that's it. That that's all they're doing at this point. But they come in at the number six grossing tour for the year. Uh, it's it's still amazing. In fact, today is Keith Richards' 79th birthday. And he died 14 years ago. No one told him. That's right. No one's made that joke either uh, 14 times. Um, yeah, but it, it, it is kind of amazing that, you know, this band just keeps going and have really lost no steam. Um, 
they're coming at one uh 179.3 million dollars at number seven um this was a big tour over the summer uh red hot chili peppers never saw them live coming in at 177 yeah that 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 was a big tour uh they had a pretty i think they had some pretty good support acts on that tour as well they had the uh the strokes okay and yeah, yeah i think there, there was a couple of others um but yeah, that was that was a big tour. Number eight, like I said, the stadium uh, tour with uh, Def Leppard, Motley Crue. Number nine, Kenny Chesney, and number ten, The Weekend. Really, I love The Weekend. Yeah. I didn't think it'd be top ten, but hey, listen, you gotta give me credit. Uh, I picked out like five or six of these fucking things. You did, you did great, and the, and the ones you picked, I thought were pretty tough. Especially, I didn't think you were gonna get Coldplay, and I didn't think you were gonna get uh, Kenny Chesney. So you did fine. Yeah, you know what it was because I was looking at the same article that you were. And I was just reading them off. Well, what he did was I looked at a couple of different uh, articles on on yeah. this, and I found I thought wife was the most current, the one that was printed in December, not the one that was printed in August. Right, where you would have had Genesis. Stupid. Exactly. Okay. All right. So let's talk um, upcoming tours. Upcoming tours. You know, before we uh, wrap this up, and let me throw these tours at you and tell me what you think. And again, okay. no order. Yeah. Okay. Uh well, okay. Here's the first one. I know this is a show that you're going to want to see. Pink Pat Benatar. Yeah, you know, I love. Stadiums. I love them. Absolutely love Pink. I've I've been a fan of hers since she was a rapper. Because she, she was a rapper at one point, and then turned her career around. I love her. I think she's fantastic. I think she's on the level of Lady Gaga. I really do. I think she's her voice is grossly underrated. Um, and she's doing the tour Agreed. with Pat Benatar, but she's also it's every other show. So she's doing with Brandy Carlisle too, and Brandy Carlisle is a very, very underrated act. She's been around. Wait, for I thought years. all three of them are going to be on the same bill. No, there's there's certain days where Pat's opening, and there's certain days where Brandy Carlisle opens. Oh, I did not know that. Well, I, yeah, so like I, I want to, I want to see Pat Benatar, but the closest show is uh, Boston. So at the hmm. City Field show, it's Brandy Carlisle who's opening up. So what about what about Philly? Are they doing a Philly show? No, Boston and, and New York, I think. If they are doing Philly, uh, Brandy Carlisle was opening because I, I I was trying to get the Pat Benatar show. I think it's a great tour. Pink is a very very uh, huge stage presence too. She has always has like the big kind of uh, theatrical performances where she's swinging in the air and stuff like that. Did she sell out a stadium? Yeah, big time. I think so. Hmm. Big time. Okay. Not a football stadium. She's going to do the baseball stadiums because you can you can tweak ticket sales a lot more with a baseball stadium than you can with a football stadium. Why is that? Some Sometimes they're because a little smaller though. It's, it's much smaller. So if okay. you have, if you have just say like, if you're playing in Ohio at where Ohio, uh, where, where the Ohio state plays, right. That's a hundred thousand seats more. Right. Right. Even, even um, Luke Holmes sold that out. Yeah, even the Brown Stadium is is about ninety thousand, and yeah. the, and where the Guardians is about forty forty five. Yes, yeah, so they don't um they don't sell out those big big monster stadiums. The baseball stadiums you can have the field you can have the stage kind of like in center field, and then you have a little bit of stage on the on the grass, and then you can sell the rest of the baseball you know the whole uh, crowd and shit. Mm. You probably sell about thirty five forty thousand instead of send, selling you know seventy five thousand like Taylor Swift's gonna do. Right, she's, still a great, she's, still a monumental, ta- a monumental thing, you know. But she, it's just she, time to Taylor Swift not only will will sell out those stadiums, she'll sell out multiple nights. 
Oh, but absolutely. It's, but it's not on anything that I want to see. Uh, another tour that I'd like to see uh, is ZZ Top and Leonard Skinner uh, touring with Uncle Cracker. Uh, I will Z- absolutely be at that show with you. Yeah, these are legends. Oh, yeah. I will tell you, I've seen ZZ Top live before. They're very good. Uh, I will tell you that they were at the Willie Nelson 70th birthday party that I saw at the Beacon Theater, and they got booed off the stage because they were the biggest divas out of the whole 90 people that were on that freaking show. They refused to go on until they were perfectly tuned. Right? <laughs> yeah, really fucked up. Billy Gibbons, um, man. He, yeah. He's a perfectionist. He is a perfectionist, but um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the ZZ Top show. I've seen Skinner before. It's really like one dude left, you know, but it's great to hear the songs. It's 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 the brother singing and he sounds good. And it's and you're right, it's 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 a song. Like in a couple of years from now, Kiss still continues to go on and they will go on with no original members. Sure. You you know what? He, if he was smart, he would have trained his kid to play bass. Right. His kid's like seven foot tall and it looks just like him too. So if he was smart, he would have did that. But uh, there's another tour that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm hoping I get tickets is Metallica. Well, I have that on the list here. That, that's Metallica, Pantera, Mammoth. Um, this is a massive tour. It's a show that's in the round. You, you just yeah. talked about uh, playing in, in a football stadium. They're going to play in a football stadium in the middle of the uh, of the field. And so they're going to be able to sell all around them. And it's a very different tour because they're doing multiple nights in these stadiums with different set lists and yep. different opening acts. Right. But you had to buy both both nights for the show. That's the that's the kicker that pissed me off and I didn't buy yeah. them. But January 20th, probably when the show is going to be released, is that when they're going to announce the single ticket sales, the single day sales. And then I'll get the tickets to go see Pantera because that's the only reason I'm going. If that's the only reason why you're going, then you did the right thing by waiting because you know, yeah. tickets will always become available. You know, it, it this isn't ticking, ticketing like it was 10 years ago. You know, this is that, you know, that, 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 you know, that specialty ticketing, they put tickets out very high, you know, and then they gauge the demand and yeah. you could be at a show where the guy sitting next to you paid, you know, two, 230 bucks and you paid $60 for the same seat. When I know? saw Luke Combs, I got them directly from the guy who works at Mohegan Sun. My tickets were $94 a piece. The guy in front of me paid $650 a ticket. There you go. Because what these arenas don't do, I mean, it's not very often when you go and you see tons of empty seats. These arenas will give out basically free tickets. And if they're not, if the arena is kind of empty, that means they couldn't even give the tickets away. Okay, because you're hoping to make money on the concessions, you're hoping to make money on the merchandise, okay, and just getting people in the building, you know, okay, right. the parking. There's a lot, there's a lot of different ways to make money as opposed to just like no one showing up. So again, folks, if you see no one, you know, you see rows and rows and and sections not filled, they couldn't give the tickets away. Yep. Um and another uh I think you did you get tickets for this guy? Did you get tickets for Springsteen? Oh, oh yeah, I got tickets for Springsteen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. First time in my years, first car didn't fucking cost as much as what I paid for these tickets. Have you ever seen him before? Oh, this is my thirteenth or fourteenth time. Okay, I mean, listen, it, it's it's Springsteen. He's you know, he's he's in his early seventies, but still looks great, mm-hmm. sounds great, and you're going to see a real rock legend. I mean, th- this is a. Sh- 
you know, you, you can't pass up on this one. No, I can't. I got amazing seats for this concert. That's why I paid a little more. I bought, I got upper level, the 100 section at the Prudential Center, but I have right alongside the stage and I have first row. Oh, perfect. So That's no beautiful. one's going to stand in front of me. I'm going to sit and watch the whole show. Um, I don't know if you heard what he's doing too for the show. Uh, he's doing 31 shows and they're recording the shows instantly within 15 minutes after the show is done. You can go downstairs and buy the audio, audio copy of the concert. Honestly. That's pretty cool. And, yeah, and again, why you put people in the building, just different ways to make money. Not that Springsteen yeah. needs it, but this, but this is the way these artists are making money these days. Sure. You have to. Mm-hmm. Um, another be- uh, concert that I'm looking forward to this summer is Depeche Mode. First time in five years, but the first time the band is playing without uh, Andy Fletcher, who passed two years ago. Where are they playing? They're going to be doing um, like arenas, like Madison Square Garden. They'll do, oh, wow. okay. you know, potential. I mean, that's that's the kind of band that, that Depeche Mode is. Lots of hits. Um, I Again, I don't know how long they're going to be around for. Mm. Uh, so... I don't know if you've ever seen Depeche Mode. No, you know, I like them. I I actually like their music a lot. It's just a band I've never seen. Uh, Now that I know that the the guy's not going to be there, probably won't go. Well, you still got Dave Gunn and you still got uh, Martin Gore. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of like a band that I feel that if the singer is there, that's all that really matters. Well, he's he's there. You know, that's kind of all. So, like, maybe I'll go see him solo in a smaller place, but I, 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 I wouldn't go out and see that. You know what? Wait, see what tickets are going for like the day of. And if you can get a ticket for under 50 bucks, you know, it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, that's different. I'm not going to spend like $300 a ticket to go see Depeche Mode. That's never right. Um, I love this group and I know you hate them, mm-hmm. uh, but it's the 50th anniversary uh, of Journey with Support Act Toto, which is a great support act. And you're seeing some of the best musicians on the planet. No, no. No interest in seeing Journey or Toto. No, I didn't freeze this time. No, no, no. See, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think Journey has like all, all the hit songs. So does Toto. Uh, I, I, for me, enjoyable. So if you hated that, then you are really going to hate this. The this is Foreigner the fa- show. This I is the fucking... farewell tour of Foreigner Ugh. and Loverboy. Oh, God. Are you working for the weekend, Jeff? Maybe I will be. Are you going to wear your backwards hat to the show? Maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I'll, I'll wear some shorts and flip flops, and I'll, I'll wear my cargo pants. And he, this time, this stupid face did freeze. But hear me out, folks, about Foreigner. First of all, you're going to go and you're going to know every song because they're such an album oriented rock uh, band. Okay, every song uh, you, have you guys are going to know. Two good songs. They have two they fucking have songs. A lot more than that. Um, Kelly Cold Hansen. as ice, hot blooded, and I want to know what love is, and that's all they have. No, Ur- urgent sucks. Yeah. Oh, you're an idiot. Come on, there. It's urgent. Gr- urgent. Yeah. What could you say? It's a great song with a great sax solo. No, uh, folks, you're gonna love it. Go see Farna. Um, Kelly Hansen. You know, they wound up is the singer. He's been in the band longer than Lou Graham was, and they wound up re-recording pr- pretty much the whole catalog. You know, with Kelly Hansen. Um, he he is really good. The band is 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 always tight. It's Jeff Filson who used to be in uh, Dokken. Uh, sometimes um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bottom Jason Bottom plays drums for them, and you'll see Mick Jones, who's the founder of the of the band. So it's a, it's a good band. 
Love a Boy, I heard, sounded great in, over this past summer, and it's the farewell tour. Um, mm, thank God. And and just sticking with this type of music, um, I'm looking forward to as well as seeing the Brett Michaels Mardi Gras tour with. Yeah, I'm I'm down for that. With, I'm down for that show. Oh yeah, Night oh, yeah. Ranger, uh, Jefferson Starship, and Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray and Steve Algeri who sang in Journey, so he'll do a couple of the Journey hits. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely down for that. It's supposed to be all all just, all these bands are just going to do their greatest hits. It's supposed to be like a real good party type of of show. This year it'll be at at PNC, and they'll be playing like those 12 to 20,000 seat uh, venues all outside. This looks like it's going to be a real good time. Yeah, I'm ready for that show. It's on a Sunday in July, so it's going to be nice. It's going to be a good time, but that's also going to be one of those shows where we get there and buy lawn seats and they're going to be like, hey, you want to upgrade? We can give you third row for $10 more. Good. Because there's going to be, be sitting, nobody you'll, there. You'll be sitting me, seeing me in third row this year. I can't wait. I'm actually looking forward to that show, yeah. too. And I can tell you, I like uh, Night Ranger. Brad Gillis in the band, Jack Blaze. <sighs> you know, Brad Gillis, we know, played for uh, in Ozzy's band, uh, Jack Blaze with Damn Yankees. These are great bands. Is Damn it, Yankees is, a, is an amazing band. Sean Blades and that right in that and uh, Ted Nugent in that band as well. That's no, no. a who's Sean Blades. Shaw, Tommy Shaw and Tommy Jack. Shaw, Blades. That's right from Stick. Shaw and Blades. Yes, that's right. Um, I don't know if you like either one of these bands, Sean, but okay. um, another tour that's that's starting early in the year is Skid Row Buck Cherry, and yeah, you see Skid Row. This, they, they have a new singer, and he's a young guy, and he could sing, and it's 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 not Sebastian. No one is going to be Sebastian Bach, but this guy brings an energy. You could see if you watch, just go on YouTube. Don't take my word for it. Go on YouTube, watch the way these uh, Skid Row performs now. A lot more enthusiasm. They're they're just like it, they, there's an energy about them. And I think I think this is going to be a real good one. I think they're represented by the same management as while they're on while they're on this tour together. But I think this is a, a real good show. And just like uh, Def Leppard and Motley Crue, they're going to be flip flopping uh, who closes out the show. Yeah, I, I mean the new album is really good from Skid Row. I will give it that. I'm just a Sebastian Bach fan, even though he's a dick. Buck Cherry, I will never see again. I saw them in concert about two three years ago. They were really bad. Like really, really bad, and their crowd is uh, not anything to look at. So think of it this way: um, when Buck Cherry came out twenty years ago, maybe twenty years ago. Um, no, they, they're, they're more than that. They they played at Woodstock ninety something. Okay, so maybe twenty five years at this point. Yeah. Um, a lot of women used to strip uh, some Buck Cherry songs, like Crazy Bitch, and you know, Lit Up. Well, that's a big stripper song. Yeah, and then uh, so the, the problem is, Jeff, when you go see Buck Cherry now, uh, the girls that were stripping there 25 years ago are going to the Buck Cherry show. I'm not going to the sh- these shows to see strippers. I'm going to see the, the bands, the music, because you know what it is? When you go to the shows, it, one, it, it really is kind of an escape. And two, you know, you, you can you remember the first show you ever went to? Yes. What show was it? Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, and Stray Cats. Wow. Where was this? Giant Stadium, July 4th, 1983. And how old were you? Six. You were six years old, and you remember it? Remember it vividly. 
Yeah, see, when you go to these shows, I don't remember the people. I remember the smells. I remember like just the whole atmosphere. The first show I went to, December 16th, 1978, I was a little kid and I went to go see Kiss. It was the Kiss Alive 2 tour. And you were 30 years old and you drove your little cousins there. Yes, I, yes, I took I took them. I was I was in my early 50s uh, in 1978. <laughs> right. And, and I went <laughs> and I haven't aged the days since, but I re I remember like the, the smell of it. I remember, you know, like you couldn't believe like, you know, how you know, like how loud it was. And I remember the the opening band was Piper, which was uh Billy Squire's first band. And you, you know, you it was like, wow, this is so loud. And then Kiss came on. You feel the the heat of the flames. You know when it went, with, you know with the yeah, fire. Yeah, I, I get that. I get it that. Was, it was just really, really, really cool. So when I go to see a show, I mean, I take in the whole experience. I don't care about people or women. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going there to get laid. I'm going there to just enjoy the music and have a good time. And now, it, yeah, we talked about Def Leppard and Motley Crue. Now they're also touring again this summer. That was the last band I uh, tour I had on my list. It was a Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and who's joining them? Alice Cooper. And he's. We can't get through a segment without this idiot's internet freezing. But yeah, folks, what what's good about this one and what makes it different? You froze again. I I was asking, do you know who the opening act is for them? Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. That's right. Um, yeah. But what makes this one a little bit more interesting is two things. One, now you're seeing Def, uh, not Def Leppard. You're going to see Motley Crue without uh, Mick Mars. Mick now Mar it's John Five. So I'm going to be right. very interested to see how that's going to be. And then also, they're not, I don't know if they're playing any outdoor shows, but I know. No, it's smaller theater. It's a right. hard rock in Atlantic City. Yeah, right. I don't know if Alice Cooper's on that one. And I think, yeah, he is. Okay, well, th th then you have to go see that. I mean, to see. Yeah, I've seen Alice Cooper. Amazing. To see. Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and Alice Cooper in what? Where, where are they playing? Which which uh, place in Atlantic City? A Hard Rock Theater. Are you kidding? I mean, that seven thousand tickets. I mean, it's 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 a home run. It's a. You, it's want, a, you want to hear something before we wrap this show up? I found out about uh, Motley Crue. Sure. Uh, so you know, John Caravi was their singer for a long time, right? For four I, years. I, I, that's right. So uh, Hooligans Holiday. Hooligan, that Motley Crue record is the best record they ever did, but no one ever song. He said that Mick Mars has not played on a Motley Crue album or song since 1995. He played all the guitars. John Karabi played all the guitars on Generation Swine. So when they did this Red, White, and Blue, the greatest hits uh, record, they had a couple new songs. DJ Ashba played the guitar on those songs. And wait on that on that album, Sean. Hold on a second. Time out. I don't think that's true because that what I love about that album, that greatest hits album, is they included a couple of uh, new songs. And maybe my favorite Motley Crue song, Primal Scream, is on there. And it is Mick Maws playing, you know, he's playing the slide guitar on it. Right, but he didn't record the song. He plays it live, he didn't record the song. And they're saying that everything no, I think he did. Well, this is what I've been, this is what I read in the uh, in the last interview, and it's a decent interview. So I know it's not like a, some, some mom and pop bullshit. Uh, and he said that John Five played on all of the Saints of Los Angeles record. Was John Five in 
uh Nikki Six solo band uh no that's D- that's DJ Ashba who yeah. played the songs on the other one. John Five was always a Rob Zombie. That that album was supposed to be a 6 a.m. album. Mm-hmm. And you know, when they, they they had to put out this other album and they really basically took those songs and made it a motley album. So I could believe that. Yeah. Okay. It, but Saints of Los Angeles is an amazing record. I think it's one of their better one of their better Absolutely. records. You know, it's when, a solid, solid record. A hundred percent. It's gonna be interesting if they record anything new with John Five. I think they will. But, but it's gonna that's that's gonna be kind of interesting because I I was disappointed by the stadium tour only because I didn't think any of these bands were stadium acts. But I think mm-hmm. when you take them inside, I think it's it's a it's a different ball game. I mean, Def Leppard. The last time I saw them before the stadium tour, they were they opened for Journey on again on a co-headlining tour. Mm-hmm. But that night they happened to go on first, and Journey couldn't follow them. They were just that good. Yeah, I saw them live at that Prudential Center with Poison, and it was one of those shows where it did not sell well. I had upper-level seats, and they were like, no, anybody who has 200 section, please come to the guest services area. And I'm like, oh, shit. And they moved us down all the way to, like, the floor because they had a curtain off the entire top of That's the section. crazy. Yeah. I hear you. Well, you, you know, what's, this, um, this past year, you know, again, they didn't make the list, but... And these, you know, great bands, uh, Judas Priest and Queensryche toured together. Mm-hmm. And so when they were playing, they played Prudential, they played uh, Nassau. You know, they would have to curtain it off, and they they was selling about ten thousand a seat. You know, a, you know, a venue as opposed to, you know, eighteen. Sure. You know, so that's what it's, that's it's, it's hard to be an act like that because you don't want to play a smaller venue like a Hammerstein Ballroom where you're only selling four or 5,000 tickets, but you can't sell a full arena at the same time. Especially when it's a special anniversary tour. Yeah, big time. You need, you need to have that like fully sold. That's where you have to get good promotion too. You have to have good promotion. Right. And you need to have, look, I like Queensryche, but they're not going to add the ticket sales for a Judas Priest tour on there. So what you do is, you know, yeah, I Jeff say, Tate in the band. In, maybe, but you take May. a band like Ghost. Take a band like Ghost on the road with you if you're doing like your 50th anniversary tour. Is Ghost going to open up for Fuck Jewish yeah, they would. At, absolutely, at absolutely. Absolutely, they would. A couple of years ago, um, Priest was on Deep Purple's 50th uh, anniversary tour. And I, I was there. And Priest clearly, clearly was the bigger act uh, people went to go see him because by the time that show was over, I would say two thirds of PNC had already cleared out, and Deep Purple could not follow uh, Priest. But really? Priest, but Priest went on as a support act because, out of respect to the longevity of Deep Purple, because they were there before Priest. Hmm, that's interesting. I will say this before we wrap up: if you want to, if you're a good uh, lover of documentaries like I am. I know you like a good music documentary too. I implore you to go on to Showtime on demand and look at the Dio documentary. They put out a documentary on Ronnie James Dio from the very beginning, from the fifties when he was like a pop singer all the way to the end. And there's interviews with everybody and their mother. Uh, it, it, I watched it three times. I just love it so much. I'm a huge, but Dio you still fan. don't think you should be in the rock and roll hall of fame. Come maybe, on. maybe after watching this, it may have swayed me a little bit. 
there you it go. swayed me, but it was it's it's a brilliant documentary, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. And when you see how, uh, like even insecure he was, you know, still being in the biggest band, the biggest metal band of all time, and and you know he he had to fight, he had to really fight and claw his way to 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 get some notoriety, and it only happened really with Dio, his own band. You know he he only did two albums with Sabbath, yeah, but I gotta say, man, the the I think those two albums are in my top five Sabbath albums of all time. Yeah, Heaven and Hell is definitely. Heaven and Hell could be number two, number three. It's, 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 I say it's, Heaven and Hell. I said this the other day. I think Heaven and Hell, it might be the best heavy metal song that was ever written. It's great. It's one of the best riffs of a heavy metal yeah, song. Ever it really written. is. And think think about, this, this is why I obsessed upon as a kid. Uh, think about the first time you put on Heaven and Hell because the first of all, great album cover. Mm-hmm. Okay. When album covers fucking meant something and you didn't look at it as a thumbnail on your phone. Okay. Right. Um, you open up that that record, and the first songs you heard was the opening riffs of uh Neon Knights. Mm-hmm. And you're like, who the hell is this guy? And I gotta tell you, from that first song, I didn't know who Dio was, but right. I was I was hooked and I was like, this this is I loved, and then I just became a massive, massive Dio fan, and and like all all my apprehensions of of what Sabbath was going to be was put asleep, man, because I just knew they were going to be great again. And they, they and what was great, it really helped both their careers because sure. then because then in the summer, um, Ozzy came out with Blizzard of Oz, yep, and that was just you know equally as great. You know, because Sabbath had some stinkers, you know what I mean? Towards the end, there was a couple. Well, yeah, I mean, Never Say Die wasn't, you know, uh, uh, Technical Ecstasy, you know. not a fan. Also, not not, uh, up in their their, their, their top albums. So those were two in a row, and Ozzy was kind of falling apart. But then when, you know, he he takes some time off, he gets fired from the band, winds up getting his act together a little bit, puts together this insane band, okay, and finds, you know, a guitar virtuoso in in Randy Rhodes, and think about the first time you heard Blizzard of Oz, and you heard I don't know, you know, yeah. or, or the lead in Mr. Crowley, or the the hook of Crazy Train. And you're like, this is just, I mean, this is just as good as Sabbath. Oh, a hundred percent. I'll ne- I'll never forget my uncle giving me the record, and he was like, listen, just do me a favor, don't don't play track number four in front of your mother. I'm like, okay, so what do I do? I play track number four in front of my mother. It was Suicide Solution. What is a better album? Blizzard or Diary of a Madman? Blizzard. They're both great. Blizzard, without a doubt. That's the first one. And it's he's got probably the most popular heavy metal song of all time on there. Everybody knows Crazy Train. Yeah. You know, they play it every time. to an arena. Right. Yeah, you go to a fucking concert. You go to you go to a, a basketball game. They're playing it while they're warming up. Right. You know, right. everybody and their mother knows. It's like everybody knows "Welcome to the Jungle." There's like a handful of songs that, like, if you don't, if you're not in that genre, people know it. "Thunderstruck" by ACDC. You yeah. know, so it's like those. There's like five or six songs that everybody and their mother knows. "Crazy Train's one of them. So I gotta say the first album. It's it, it, it's an argument for another day. Yep. All right, Shimon. Well, listen. Uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you before that, but uh, if yes. not, uh, we wish you a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy you New as Year. Well. We were hoping Adam was going to come on because we wanted to talk a little bit about his favorite artist of the year, which was Wet Leg. Yeah, and, and here's what happened. Um, I'm going to break down the fourth wall here. 
real quick before we go real quick i make fun of jeffrey a lot i do i make fun of him a lot one of my favorite things in the world to do it really truly is jeffrey is one of my dearest friends he really is he, he's not one of my favorite comics in the least bit i mean like i've seen the fuck yeah horrible comic but one of my why dearest I, friends why am I a horrible comic oh you just are um, one of my dearest friends truly is. I make fun of him a lot on the show, and it, it's a it's an act. Sometimes there's a lot of times where he really um really pushes my buttons. Right, Adam sits there, and he's like the voice of reason. He's like the 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 buffer in between us sometimes. Uh, and then Adam texted me like a week and a half ago and was telling me about this amazing band Wet Like. Now, I have never tried to finagle power of attorney. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get Adam committed to a fucking institution because he thinks this band is fucking good. It is the biggest pile of dog shit I have ever heard in my life. And I've heard Yoko Ono. It It makes Yoko Ono sound like Stairway to Heaven. It may be the only thing we agreed upon this year. Yeah, it's horrible. The Uh, critics love this band. Yeah, critics suck, number one. Well, ag- agreed. And the song that stood out to me as particularly horrific is Chase Lounge. If yes. you if you read like any of like the NPR, you know, online uh, reviews or anything like that, they 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 can't get enough of this Chase Lounge. And it is the biggest pile of horseshit that you'll ever want to hear. It is so brutal. And yeah. Adam loves these guys. And, and me and Adam mean. love a lot of the same music, which scares me. So I was like, let me try this. And it, it was like, I would I would rather, I've seen some horrific things in my life and I've had some pretty horrible traumatic things happen to me in my life. If I can go back in time, I would relive those just so I can stop Wet Leg from becoming a band. Wet Leg. That, that's what we're going to end 2023 on. You know, 2022, we're going to go into 2023 on. Is yeah. talking about this band wet leg. Fucking horrible. Disappointed uh, me. Really uh, truly disappointed me. All right, folks. Listen, follow us on our socials. Continue to yes. subscribe. Ha- we wish everybody a happy uh new year and a Merry Christmas and enjoy the holidays. And everyone. Hanukkah. And Hanukkah. And everyone just be safe. Yes. Okay, and we'll see you in 2023. Later. Goodbye, Sean. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>